Today I want to talk to you about Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. I want to talk to you the devil's attack, the devil's attack upon the kingdom of heaven. Tonight I'm going to speak in parallel with this, by the grace of God, if he lets me do it. Uh, I'm going to speak on saints, and, or I'm going to basically Christ's attack upon Satan. So we're going to talk this morning about Satan's attack upon the kingdom of God. And then tonight we'll speak about Christ and his attack upon the kingdom of evil and what he did. I hope they go together and encourage you. The devil's attack against God, Genesis 3.15. If you got it in your book or your Bible or your cell phone or your iPad or whatever you have, I will put enmity between thee, that is the devil, and the woman. And between thy seed, that's the devil's people, and her seed, that's Jesus and Israel. You want to know why? Doesn't it, doesn't it surprise you? Doesn't it, doesn't it surprise you at the hatred against the Jews? I mean, don't the liberals call us racist? Don't they call us racist? They, they throw that around all the You're racist. You're transphobic and homophobic, and you're this, and you're racist. You're against a group of people that's different than you. But then they're for killing and destroying the Jews. Now, there's something strange about that, and there is something strange about that. That is actually supernatural. Because it says here that his seed, the devil's seed, and that's people that are not saved, would be against her seed, which is ends up being, as you know, Jesus and Israel, the ones who brought him along. Jesus is a Jew. You can't be anti-Semitic. It's not possible. And be a Christian. I got real problems with people that are that way. It is a contradiction of terms. The Savior of the world was brought through Israel. The Jews. Now you may not like, you don't have to like Jews, but I bet your doctor's a Jew. And it said, It shall bruise thy head. There was a woman's seed is going to bruise. The word bruise can be translated crush thy head, which is, of course, how do you kill a snake? Crush their head. And thou shalt bruise, the Satan shall bruise her seed's heel, crush his heel, which we know happened at Calvary. You know, God doesn't make junk. In Genesis 1.31, God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. It wasn't just good, it was very good. And the evening and the morning was the sixth day. The devil, by nature, is a spoiler, a destroyer, a confuser, a manipulator, a deceiver, a polluter, but he is not a creator. He doesn't create anything. He just takes what God's made and tries to change it, morph it, mold it in some pervertive way. That's why you have homosexuality. That's why you have transgenderism. That's why you have bestiality. It's all mentioned in the book of Leviticus, right from the third book of the Bible. If you don't believe it, look in Leviticus. It's clear, clear as crystal. There's no, it's nothing's up for interpretation. Nothing is localized with one generation. 
as much as he would as much as the devil would like to be God, he lacks the kind of power and ability to be God. But that doesn't seem to stop him. Doing, he's doing what he can to prove his power and abilities. He's like a madman with a firebrand. How many here know a firebrand? Well, don't, you don't have to raise your hand. Firebrand used to stir the fire before electricity, even when we had coal. I was raised with a coal furnace. Some of you were raised with wood furnace. But I was raised with coal. I was advanced. And so we used to go downstairs and stir that thing up with this fire. And it'd get white, it'd get red, almost white hot. And put, a, put that in the hand of a madman. He's dangerous, man. I'll tell you, that's the devil. The devil's like the Incredible Hulk with the ability to destroy but not to build. He's got power. He's got strength. He's a genius without righteousness. And if I may say this, since deciding to preach against him this morning, I have had a whole array of resistance. I mean, all kinds of resistance to get here this morning. I'm just glad I could make it here this morning. That's not coincidental. After the fall of man, Satan ended up owning mankind and the earth that man lived on. Why? Because earth was given to Adam and the power to manage it was given to Adam. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 28. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle. And notice this, and over all the earth. The ownership of the earth was given to Adam as an authority. And he was given dominion, it says in verse 28, over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moved upon the earth. When Adam in the Garden of Eden disobeyed God, and obeyed Satan, he became Satan's servant, and Satan became his authority. God no longer was his authority. He had an allegiance then, and ownership passed on to the evil one, which was called, the Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, is called the God of this world. Satan's called the prince and power of the air in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. In Romans, in John chapter 8, verse 44, he says, You're of your father. Jesus is talking to the religious leaders of the day. I thought, Whoa, that's some tough preaching. You're of your father, the devil. And the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. When, when Adam and Eve decided to, especially Adam as a representative of everything, when he decided to obey the devil, he, he gave the title deed, as it's been called, of the earth to him. And he gave his allegiance to him. You don't have to teach a three-year-old to do wrong. You don't have to teach a 10-year-old to do wrong. It's not a thing of education. It's a thing of nature. It is their nature to lie. It is their nature to steal. You mean a three-year-old steals? Put some cookies out and tell them not to have it. In fact, you do, do that with your husband. There was no hope for mankind, none, after the fall until Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 was made clear. 
I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That is the first gospel in the Bible. I love the name of our church, Gospel Baptist Church. We had a meeting together when we first started, and we were trying to come up with a name. Some said Calvary Baptist. Some said this Baptist, that Baptist. And it was Mrs. McCullum said, how about Gospel Baptist? Gospel Baptist. None of us had thought about that. I thought, well, gospel, you can't get better in gospel. Uh, Genesis 3.15 is the first mention of the gospel because the, the definition of the gospel simply is good news. The, the Spanish church we've had for over 25 years, maybe going on 30 years here at, at, the, at Gospel's campus here, Iglesia Batista Buenas Nuevas, Good News Baptist Church, right? I got some Spanish people here checking me out. Good News Baptist Church. There's no word in Spanish for gospel. They just, they just translate it, good news. And so the first mention of good news in Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman in, Genesis, in the early Genesis was coming to overwhelm Satan's power and victory. That's what that verse really tells you. The seed of the woman, not the seed of man. That's so strange. Satan would bruise or crush the woman's heel, but and inflict injury, but Satan's head would be crushed by her seed, inflicting a lethal blow. In theological circles, that's called the proto-evangelium, the first mention of the gospel, the good news. The gospel is about retaking ownership. That's what it's about. God wants you to be his not the devil's. Jesus declared you're your father, the devil. You start out with your father, the devil. But he wants to change that. And through the gospel, the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and your simple childlike repentance and childlike faith in that, you can change fathers from the devil to Jesus Christ. And oh, what a, what a promotion that would be. And it's interesting when it mentions in Genesis 3.15, it doesn't mention the man's seed. They mentioned the woman's seed, but if, if, if you read through the genealogies of the Bible, you don't talk, it doesn't, they don't say anything about women. It says so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so. It's man begat, and this, and it doesn't talk about the women because, as we know now from genetics, the determination of male and female lies with the man, not the woman. They didn't know that, but God was telling them some science ahead of time. Also, evidently, the the bequeathing of the evil nature comes from the man, not the woman. All the women said? There's good proof for that in the Bible. Because Jesus took his body from a woman. And it was not cursed with the curse of Adam. This was extremely rare that it would, those woman's seed would be spoken of. Strange statement. Seeing the seed of Adam was passed from man to woman, so we know that. Well, there was a war declared from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, on really all the way to the 22nd chapter of the book of Revelation. There is a war, war declared. I had a hiccup there. I told you I had resistance. There's been war declared. 
And there's the Satan, I'm going to try to walk you through this today best I know how. Satan has targeted five major areas on his offensive against the kingdom of God. The first area he targeted early on was the human race. He tempted Eve and got Adam to sin. He wanted to destroy their relationship. He tempted Cain to kill Abel. He wanted to destroy their family. He caused the sons of God, I believe to be fallen angels, to mix with the beautiful women on the earth at that time and corrupt the seed of man, corrupt the genetics of man so that Christ could not come. He tempted mankind to do evil, so evil, so violent, that violence filled the whole earth, and God had to destroy everyone but eight people. He almost succeeded in destroying the seed, so his his arch enemy could not come. He tempted Ham after the flood. He got out of the ark. He tempted Ham to sin against his father in such a way that it would pollute the human line again. He tempted Again, the world to disobey God at the Tower of Babel. Don't go and fill the earth that God said, go, go and fill the earth, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. They didn't want to do that. We're going to go to the Tower of Babel, and we're going to build a tower up to God and be totally united. God came down and confused their tongues, changed languages. That's where all of the languages came from. He almost won there. He attacked the human race. We see in the Bible that he attacked the nation of Israel. Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, was given the promise of God to have the eternal's land, seed, and theocracy. What is a theocracy? It is being ruled by God. What a great opportunity. God told him, if you'll do what I tell you and through your seed, we're gonna, I'm going to give you eternally the land that you're on. That was Palestine that we call, they call Palestine, it's really the land of Israel, way before the Arabs ever came around. And the land of Palestine is theirs, given to them by the Bible, by God himself. So I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. Now, back then, they didn't have Hubble telescope to look into the sky, but we know how many are the stars of heaven. Billions and billions. He says, I'm going to multiply your seed that way. And I am going to be, I am going to be your government. Wouldn't it be nice to have Jesus Christ as our Presidente? Whoa, man. Wow. His seed would be multiplied with, without, by the way, it says in that verse, I want to come back to that, without number. Is there a number to the stars? According to what I've understood from science, it's innumerable. It goes past any counting ability that we have. God, the Bible is precise. It's exact. Go ahead and try to prove it wrong. I dare you. People that I've known that have gone to try to prove the Bible wrong get real frustrated real quick. Josh McDowell got saved trying to do that. I wrote a book called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Read his testimony. See how that worked out. The book of Esther is an account of the devil's efforts to try to extinguish Israel while they were into captivity, and it failed. So he targeted the human race, number one. He, number two, he targeted Israel and failed to destroy Israel and the world. 
He targeted number three, the line of the Messiah. Satan tempted David, Christ's heir, both physically and legally, to sin in such a way as to disqualify his seed, and he failed. Much later, he tempted one of David's, uh, one of Solomon's sons, which was uh, going to have the physical line of Christ, uh, the legal line of Christ, excuse me, his name was Jeconiah. That's in Jeremiah chapter 22, and I'll read it to you, verse 30. Thus saith the word, the Lord, write this man, that's Jeconiah, childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper sitting upon the throne of David and ruling anymore in Judah. Whoa! God himself, this Jeconiah was so evil, God himself pronounced a curse upon him that his seed, however, he was, his, he came, he was, a, he was a son of, going down through the genealogy of Solomon, which was promised through David to have the king of Israel, the Lord Jesus Christ. How are you going to beat that? It looked, it looked for a while there until uh, other knowledge was brought forth that Satan had won. He finally had gotten Jeconiah to sin so bad that God cursed the seed and said, none of his seeds ever going to sit upon the throne of David. Yet the Christ was promised to sit upon the throne of David. I've won, but he didn't. The problem here is God just cursed the line of David through Solomon. That's the problem. Jeconiah was in that line. Matthew chapter 1, verse 11, if you want to look. It looked like like Satan had dealt a death blow to God. His plan to preserve the seed through the woman to crush his head was beaten until the virgin birth. Nobody ever heard of a virgin having a child. Even Mary, who was the virgin. By the way, she was probably anywhere from 13 to 15 years old, young girl. She didn't know. She said to the angel that came to her, I'm going to have a child. I I don't know a man. How is that possible? Farm girls, you don't have to give no sex education to them. They've been around. Everything around them is made. The goats, the dogs, the chickens, the, the, the cats. Uh, how many were raised on a farm? Mom and dad didn't have to set you down and say, now let me explain to you where babies come from. They knew what was going on by everything around them. Looks like, looks like he'd won again. But the virgin birth came and the plan bypassed Jeconiah's curse physically and came through the son of David, Nathan. So the Lord Jesus, in the genealogy of Matthew, and and if you look in Luke, both of them, one of them is the genealogy of Joseph, which is the legal line of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of them is the legal line of Mary, which is through Nathan, which is the physical line of Christ. And by the virgin birth, God bypassed the curse that he had put on Jeconiah so Christ could have the legal right to the throne of David and he could have the physical right to the... It's it's amazing. Who would have thought of that but God? The virgin birth. You say, how important is the virgin birth? That's why we independent fundamental Bible Baptists fight for the Bible. What it says, we fight for what it says is true. The virgin birth. I'd I'd have a real problem with you if you didn't believe in the legitimacy and honesty of the virgin birth because the virgin birth was necessary to overcome this attack, this targeting by the devil on the line of the Messiah. 
Let me read you, if you would, take your Bibles or your phones or whatever you have with you to uh, Romans chapter eight, Romans chapter five, verse eighteen through twenty-one. This is the most. This is such a profound few verses that talk about the substitutionary position of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by one of, as by the offense of one, you may want to under, underline offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Because, because Adam was representation of every person who would ever be born, and he had, to, he had the title deed of the earth, he had dominion over the earth, the fish, the sea, the fowl, everything was, was under his authority. And when he sinned, he took everybody with him. He, he didn't just take people with him. He took the birds, the bees, the flowers, and the trees. He took, the, he took everything's cur- everything that we look at is cursed and killing each other and eating each other and fighting with each other. If you don't believe that, try to stay married for 52 years. It is a project. Oh, I, I'm so in love with my woman. It was easy. Well, I'm glad for you. I love my woman. But you got to want to. You got to want it. You got to want it bad. You got to be willing to sacrifice. You got to be willing to put yourself second at times. Oh, that's a new thought. He says, I, I got to quit this. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. That was through Adam. Even by the righteousness of one, speaking of Christ, the free gift. I may have a spell. Came upon all men to the justification of life. The gospel, the good news, is that you can be saved by receiving a free gift. And that is not compromising the gospel at all. It says it right there. You can't earn being saved. You can't be good enough to get saved. You can't do enough enough duties, enough good things, pay enough money, go to church enough, get baptized enough to get saved. You have to repent and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as the only Savior, the only means of forgiveness. And he'll birth you into his kingdom, fill you with his Holy Spirit, put your name in the Lamb's book of life, begin to build a place in heaven for you and wash all your sins away. And that's good news. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, that's Adam, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one, that's Christ, shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense may abound. Why the law of Moses come? So that we'd look real bad, so that you'd run for a Savior. The law of Moses came so that you'd quite quit trying to earn your salvation with some petty little good works, because I don't care how many good works you may do, which the Bible says our righteousness are as filthy rags. I'm not even saying you can do any good works, but let's say you can do some good works. It would never offset the bad you did. If you lied, how are you going to undo that? If you stole, how are you going to undo that? If you lusted, how are you going to undo that? You can't undo it. You can say, I'm sorry. You can say, I wish I didn't do that, but it's not going to undo the offense. Only the thing that's going to undo the offense is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ put on your account. And I offer you, as the Bible's offered all these years, a free gift of eternal life through repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, what a good news. It says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. 
And then verse 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death, that's Adam, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So Adam brought sin in, but by the seed of the woman, it brought grace in through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I need lots of grace, lots of grace. You can't give me too much grace. I want grace. That's something undeserved, unearned. Just by the benevolence of God Almighty, he gave, upon, gave to us. So you see, Satan attacked the human race, and he didn't win. He attacked Israel. He didn't win. He attacked the lineage of the Messiah. He didn't win. The fourth area he attacked was Jesus Christ himself. When the wise men, as you know, the birth of Jesus, when the wise men came to see the infant Jesus, they went to Herod to try to find out some information of where he would be. They told them possibly it was Bethlehem where Christ would come, according to Micah 5.2. He told the wise man, when you find the Christ, come back and tell me because I want to worship him. He didn't. He was a wicked man. He wanted to kill him because he didn't want any competition being king. Plus, he was the seed of the wicked one. And the seed of the wicked one, just by nature, hates the seed of the godly. It's a natural thing. It's inside them. Unexplainable by any other way. And so they didn't come back. The angel came to him and said, I want you to go home another way. Don't go home the same way. Go home another way. So they went home another way. Herod, pretty, but it was a while. It was a while, about maybe a year or so. Herod figured out they didn't, weren't coming back you know, and tell him. So he figured out it was Bethlehem. He asked the prophet. So he went to Bethlehem and slaughtered what the Hamas just did. He slaughtered all the children in Bethlehem from two years old and below, what he thought would be the age of the Christ. Who was that, Herod? It was Satan in Herod. It was Satan's seed persecuting the woman, just like Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 says. And he failed. He failed. The devil's direct temptation of Jesus Christ to destroy him in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, the devil comes to Jesus. He's been driven in the wilderness by the Holy Spirit of God to face our and his arch enemy, the devil, face to face. It was a face to face conflict. Satan and Christ face to face. Christ had been fasting and hadn't eaten in about 40 days. I don't know if you've ever fasted one day. I fasted, the max I fasted is seven days, water fast only a few times. I'll tell you, after the end of seven days, I couldn't imagine 40 days. I can tell you this, you'd have to start out heavy. Now, for you real heavy people who like to lose weight, I got it for you. Fast 40 days, don't eat anything, just drink water, take some vitamins. At the end of that 40 days, you're going to be transformed. You'll hate life. But you said you want to be skinny, that's one way you can do it. So he's driven and driven into the wilderness. The devil comes to him with three specific temptations. He uses hunger against him. He says, make this rock bread to distrust God's provision for him and work independent of God. Did he not do the same thing with food to Eve? He attempted Eve with food. Ooh, this is good. This is like Amish apple dumplings. Satan tempted Eve with food. He tries it against the Son of God. By the way, Satan's got nothing new. He just uses the same old stuff for a new generation. 
and generation after generation after generation. The second way he tried to destroy the Christ was he tempted Christ to, he took him up in a real high place of the temple and told him to cast himself off, and he misquoted the scripture. Satan misquoted the scripture, saying his angel would take him up. And Christ, of course, rebukes him for that. To try to falsely trust and twist the scriptures. Did he not do that same thing with Eve in the garden? Third way he tempted Satan was with a shortcut. If you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything, the whole power and glory of the whole earth. You can win the title deed of the earth by simply bow down and worship me. It was a shortcut. The way Christ was going to win back the title deed of the earth was through Calvary. Satan says, I can make it easy. All you got to do is worship me and I'll give you everything I've got. And he says, by the way, many interesting he says, in the I have the power to give it. That confessed by that's another that's another good proof text for he had the title deed to the earth. It is within my power to give it to whoever I want to give it to. Well, you don't say that unless you got the title. So he did that. And of course, Christ rebuked him. Didn't he do the same thing to Eve? He says, You eat this, you'll be like gods. You'll be like a God knowing good and evil. Let me ask you, how is it to know good and evil? Don't you wish you could get that evil part out? Don't you wish you could erase all the evil you've seen, heard, done, spoken, imagined? Evil's not what it's cut out to be. He lied to her, and she fell. But not Jesus. Not Jesus. Just like he promised Eve greater things, so now he promises Jesus. Luther, Martin Luther, a brave old boy, I like to shake his hand someday. He said the first temptation, Satan was a black devil. He brought famine. The second temptation, Satan was a white devil. He said God will take care of you no matter what you do. The third temptation, Satan was a divine devil. He said worship me. The devil thought that crucifying Christ would stop, eventually got so desperate that he thought crucifying Christ would somehow stop the fulfillment of Genesis 3.15. You say, where do you get that, Brother Bill? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Take your Bible, your tablet, or whatever, and take a look at that. Very powerful verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. The devil thought, and his princes and his demons, thought that somehow when they got so desperate, Christ was winning, 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 and winning, they couldn't get him to sin. They couldn't get him to, to fall. They couldn't get him to falter. They thought, we're just going to raise the people up that he threatens their power base. And my, remember, it was Satan's seed, the unsaved people, the one that crucified Christ because he was threatening their power base. He said, I can get him to do that, and he did. It says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world under the glory, whom, and this is the verse, verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew. The Bible talks about principalities. It's talking about spiritual power. None of the princes of the spiritual power of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. When they crucified 
Christ, they sealed their doom. Everybody, including the disciples, thought that Christ was going to come and he was going to stand up as king and he was going to destroy the Romans and the enemies of Israel. What they didn't see, that Christ was going to fulfill Isaiah 53 and he was going to go the path of a servant and submit himself to the crucifixion. Why? Because sin requires death. The day that you eat thereof, the fruit in the garden, ye shall surely die. Ye is a plural word. Y'all. And death has been reigning from Adam till now. Ultimately, the last enemy destroyed, the Bible says, will be death. Woo. I told last week, death is a toothless chihuahua. They bark a lot. They're fierce looking, make all kinds of sound, but can't hurt you as a born-again Christian. It can hurt you if you're not saved. My, oh, my. He was defeated again. He was blindsided by the virgin birth. Now he's blindsided by the crucifixion of Christ. If we look in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Satan. So he targeted the human race and lost. He targeted Israel and lost. He targeted the lineage of the Messiah to try to pollute it and lost. He targeted Jesus himself when he came on the scene and lost. And the fifth area he targets and is still commencing is the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus' children. He can't go to heaven and attack Jesus, but he sure can attack Jesus' children on this world. You read Fox's Book of Martyrs by John Fox. He uh, very carefully his whole life documented cases of persecution, horrible persecution against God's people. Though obviously defeated, though obviously thwarted, stripped of his ownership, the devil still fights on today. Like the Germans who knew they were losing the war still fought on. Or like the Japanese who knew they were losing the war still fought on. So he still fights on. But here's what Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 18. I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Not on Peter, but upon the confession he had made that thou art to Christ the Son of the living God. And the gates of hell shall not prevail Against it. That's us. You're the church. The building's not the church. You're the church. You people that know Jesus, your personal Savior, have the Holy Spirit abiding within you, have understood what it means to be saved in the gospel. The devil wants to eat you for lunch. But Jesus said, All the forces of hell and plans of hell and schematics of, of defeat that he can throw at us will fail. Glory to God. Sometimes the church's Christianity has been, historically, the Christianity has been pronounced over. In the 1700s, you may have a hard time believing this, there were folks who, like Voltaire and them, said Christianity is over. It's done. It's going to fizzle out. I don't think so.
evolution has come up to try to destroy people's faith in the Bible. But more Bibles are sold than any other book in the world. By far. I went and looked at the numbers up. How many Bibles have been sold? There's no book in the world even comes close to the selling of the old Bible. People still seeking God. They still are. So the old devil still fights. He's, he's lost. He's lost his, he's, he's lost his deed to the earth. He's lost his power. But he fights the church through false prophets. He fights the church through false Christ, which Jesus said would come. He fights the church through pollution of doctrine. He's tried to pollute the doctrine in every kind of way. You can try to pollute something. He's tried to pollute, he's tried to destroy the church through persecution. He's burned us. He's hacked us in pieces. He's stretched us on the rack. He's starved us out. He's destroyed us in every way possible, but we multiply because there's a God in heaven. The heart of the devil squeezed us. The bigger and better we grew. The death of the saints was fertilizer for those who were to come. The fifth way he tries to destroy the church is through disobedient Christians. Giving the world a bad idea what it means to be a Christian. Do you realize that when you backslide and go out there and live like you want and, and you, don't, you don't obey the Bible that you're, you're turning people off from the greatest thing that ever happened, the gospel? How important is you to obey Christ? It's life and death important. It's eternally important. But he's attacking the church. These are ongoing even to this moment. But who's going to win? The gates of hell will not prevail against us. Kill us, and more will be saved. One of his methodologies that has worked very well is prosper us. Almost nobody ever stands against prosperity. Prolonged prosperity is one of the hardest temptations anybody can ever go through in the Bible. Prolonged prosperity. He's had some success with that but not final success. By the grace of God, we are on the winning side. There's a song about that. Do you want me to sing it? I guess you don't. I'm glad I'm saved today. I hope you know Christ. I hope you know him to know which is life everlasting. Don't mess around. And miss Jesus. Don't mess around and believe the devil and his lies. Oh, the Bible's not true. The Bible's not reliable. You take the Bible for yourself. Quit listening to all them people. You take the Bible and read it carefully, slowly, and God will come. God will come. He'll show himself to you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for today. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the, that you've overcome every, every offensive move of the devil against you. And he is a defeated enemy even today, but he still fights. Help us born-again believers to be faithful unto death that someday we could receive the crown of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's if you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website 
gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.